Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Welcome to part three in our Advanced series today as we prepare to move forward into all that God has for us in the future. And as we prepare to move, I really just felt by the Holy Spirit to remind us that Gateway, it's not about a place. It's about a people being a gateway. Because you see, that's the vision of our church. In case you don't know what the vision of our church is, it is to be a gateway of God's kingdom on earth, transforming community and culture. You see, that's a vision that God put in my heart. It's a vision that the elders and other mentors and advisors came into alignment with and also agreed with that this is who we are. It is to be a gateway of God's kingdom on earth, transforming community and culture. Note the Italian language as I speak with my hands. It's about being a gateway of God's kingdom, number one, vertically on earth, and then horizontally transforming community and culture. That's what it's all about. And so I want to ask you, can you see that God is giving us a greater opportunity as a church to be that gateway as our influence now grows on both sides of the border? You see, we're only having our services in Wodonga. We're still maintaining a strong influence and presence here in New South Wales. And the way that we're going to achieve that is through Life Groups Ministry. Okay, we're going to achieve that through couples, mixed couples, you know, female life groups, uh, male, men's life groups, youth, kids, the list goes on. We need young adults, life groups. And uh, so I'm really praying uh, that we'll get some more youth leaders. So if you've got a, uh, a desire and a heart for youth ministry, if you've got a heart for young adults ministry, uh, then we, I want you to come and talk to me for now. In the meantime, can I please get someone to turn off the heater? Because I'm starting to cook up here. And uh, if you know how, that'd be great. Just turn off that heater. Yes. Yeah, so if you've got a heart for those kinds of ministries, please come and see me. You see, just understand it's, it's about the one. You know, Jesus leaves 99 and goes after one. What is he telling us there? He's telling us that one is enough. One matters. That's what he's telling us. And we've all heard that, you know, that saying that if you were the only one on the planet, then Jesus would have come just for you and died for you. That's how much he loves you. I just know that I hear the Holy Spirit saying to someone out there today, either online or here in the room, that one matters, one act of kindness, one act of generosity, one kind little word of encouragement, one text message that says, you're doing great, keep going. I, or you might text them and say, I love what you said, or you look so good today. I just wanted to let you know. One text can make a world of difference in someone's life. Can I just encourage you today, do not underestimate the power of one. And, uh, you know, just so that you know, obviously I hadn't planned on sharing all of that. This is on-the-spot reporting from heaven, and this is what he wants you to know. And do you know why he wants you to know it? Because God is wanting to give you an opportunity today to bless that one. 
That's why. You see, God doesn't waste His words. He says what He says because He's preparing us for encounters and to be the gateway uh, to all of those around us. So God is wanting you to be primed. He's wanting you to be prepared and ready to be that blessing to one, to someone today. Uh, we're, we're in part three today of our series called Advance. And uh, I want us to turn to Gateway Word of the Week, which is found in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. And I'm going to begin to read. Now, keep in mind, this is a story that Jesus tells us. So it's got to matter. You understand what I'm saying? If Jesus tells a story or preaches a message, my gosh, it matters. It must really matter. And there must be something that he wants us to learn. Verse 19, he tells this story. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared uh, sumptuously every day. In other words, he looked, I think this guy, Paul, uh, Trudy could have been Italian. I'm just saying. I just get this picture. He's dressed in fine purple, like a purple uh, silk shirt, right? And he's eating, as the scripture says, sumptuously. In other words, he ate well. I think he's possibly Italian, but it's just a joke. Okay. All right. But there was also a certain beggar named Lazarus, and he was full of sores who was laid at his gate, at the rich man's gate. Please take note that he was at the rich man's gate. And he was desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. There must be some kinds of crumbs. Don't just think breadcrumbs. Don't just think about those crumbs at the bottom of your toaster that you've got to empty from time to time. There must be some like good morsels of food for him to want to hang around. And it says, moreover, the dogs came and they licked his sores. It's kind of gross. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and he too was buried. Isn't it true, everyone, that doesn't matter what status we have on earth right now. doesn't matter what our bank accounts look like or what possessions we have. Death is a great equalizer. It's a great equalizer. And being in torments in Hades, the rich man lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, but you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Can I just say that blows reincarnation out of the water, that whole theory? Can I just say that it also blows out some religious beliefs where you can give some money to have your people, your loved ones, prayed out of what they say purgatory? It can't happen. 
not according to the story that Jesus tells us. And then he said, the rich man, he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have family, I've got five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, but they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Oh my gosh, there is so much packed in this little story here today. You know, there are so many issues in today's society from various kinds of addictions, drugs, and disorders. But there's also a stealth-like enemy, a silent addiction that doesn't really get spoken about all that much. Although it's throughout Scripture, especially in the story that we've just read. And if we don't become aware of it, and if we don't manage it, then according to this story that Jesus told, it can have eternal ramifications. And so today I want to talk about one of the primary hindrances to God's calling and our own advancement in our lives. And that is the comfort zone. Today I want to talk about the comfort zone. Because as we've read today, there was a declaration made by Father Abraham when he said to the rich man, in your lifetime, you were comforted. And the, and the man, the, and Lazarus, was tormented, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. To set some balance in place today, I'm not bringing a message against being comforted in difficult or in challenging times. Because Jesus said that He would send the Counselor, He would send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who would guide us into all truth. And in fiery seasons of, you know, testing and trial, we need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not bringing a message against comfort altogether, because at the end of the day, who doesn't prefer a comfortable chair over a uncomfortable chair or who doesn't prefer comfortable clothing over uncomfortable clothing but just as there's a godly sorrow before god a godly repentance and a human sorrow i also believe that there's a godly comfort and a human comfort and i believe that today that by the end of my message you'll see how Human comfort is such a, a silent enemy of our faith and of our commitment to the things of God. In this Luke chapter 16 story, it's not about poor people going to heaven and rich people going to hell because at the end of the day, wealth is relative. It doesn't matter how uh, wealthy we are here today, all of the riches in the world can never buy us a seat at God's eternal heavenly table. Doesn't matter how righteous we are here today because they're all dirty rags according to God's holy standard 
and Ten Commandments. And so you see, it's not about uh, doing some things in comfort that's the problem. It's about what the pursuits of comfort can do to us, especially when it comes to our awareness and the dulling of our senses. And I hope that by the end of my message today, you'll become all the more aware how the pursuits of the wrong kinds of comforts are actually a destroyer of our faith in God. You see, Jesus teaches us this story because there's clearly something that He wants us to be aware of and there's something that He wants us to learn. When it comes to this story, all that we know is that the rich man in this parable had a good life, a comfortable life, but because of this, he became unaware that he'd become desensitized and that he was walking by a poor man in need every day at the very gateway of his own house. Did he see the man? The answer is yes. Did he respond to the needs of the man who was before him every day? The answer is no. And sometimes I wonder what opportunities we're walking by every day because we're too busy pursuing our own comforts and our own desires. You see, I believe that comfort, hear me now, is a subtle drug that numbs, our, uh, that numbs and desensitizes our spiritual senses. Anyone here remember what it's like coming out of general anesthetic? Uh, anesthetic, yeah. yeah. You've gone in for an operation and you're coming out of the general anesthetic and you can be a little bit like, hey. I don't know why, but I just love you. What's your name? You know, we just become desensitized. It's like we can see everybody in the room, but we can't really respond to everybody in the room. We don't, we see everyone in the room, but we become ineffective. We, we're not able to respond to, to needs or, or, or meet even the, uh, the simplest of tasks. Have you ever gone in for day surgery where you go in and come out the same day and, and before you go in, you've got to sign something and, and a part of the agreement says, don't make, don't drive home and don't make any important decisions today because they understand uh, that, you know, what they're about to go under is going to dull their senses. And what is it that's dulling their senses? It's a drug that comforts them. And as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. And again, we we actually end up making poor decisions in life. We become distant. We become inactive, ineffective, incompetent again of even the simplest of things. You see, when comfort gets into our walk with God, a human comfort, because remember, the flesh and the spirit, they cannot coexist. The spirit is at war with, uh, is at enmity with our mind. The flesh and the spirit are opposed. And when comfort gets into our walk with God, our worship, our marriage, our relationship, our, our church and our business life, well, you know, its offspring becomes, is apathy. It's indifference. It, 
People can even get critical, judgmental, uh, finger pointing. They get lazy and, and the things of God become a little bit like, nah. I think, uh, yeah, I think I'll go to church today, but I'll turn up after the worship. I don't want to give Jesus my worship. I just want to get through the worship. It's like, what has happened to a person like that? Where once upon a time their heart was so stirred and they were so thankful and they couldn't wait to get to church, to worship Jesus. And they didn't even care who was watching. It's like, I'm going to lift up my hands because I'm not doing it for those around me. I'm, I'm doing it for Jesus. What happens to that person? Let me tell you what happens. Their spiritual senses become dulled by the things of this world as they begin to pursue the wrong kinds of comfort. I want to say it again. When comfort gets into your walk with God, into your worship, into your, your key relationships, your church life, your business life, its offspring is apathy, indifference, criticisms, finger-pointing, laziness. Under the drug and under the delusion of comfort, get this, the rich man never recognized or responded to the man on earth, but he did when he found himself in eternity. He forgot that everything that he had was given to him by God, to be used for God, to be a good steward of the things that God had blessed him with. He was blessed to be a blessing, but he thought that it was all about him. Now, this rich man now finds himself in eternity and he's tormented. And what do we find him doing? All of a sudden, the rich man gets a prayer life. All of a sudden, the rich man now has got a prayer life. Could it be that everyone in hell is going to get a prayer life? But it'll be too late. We know that the rich man got a prayer life. Because he said, he cried out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And Abraham, I can see that Lazarus is comforted in, on your chest. Please send, he names him, Lazarus. He names him, I think, three times. Please send Lazarus to me. Oh, he can't come to me? Well, please send Lazarus at least to the earth. Because I know his name. I've always known his name. And now that the comforts of the earth are not around me in this place of eternity, I know His name. Is there someone right now that you know the name of? Could it be your neighbor? Could it be that person that you've always been thinking about calling? Could it be someone clearly in this church? Do you know there's enough ministry in this room right now that will last you for the rest of your life? You know, you just need to be, that's why I say gateway is not about a place. Gateway is about a people, right? Being in place and just wanting to bless anyone who's around you. To be that gateway that brings the heavenly blessing through you to earth. You see, God needs a gateway. I know that I talk about this from time to time, but perhaps this could be the day that you actually, that, sorry, that perhaps some might get it. God needs a transition place. You are that transition place. And all He needs you to do is just begin to open up your mouth. Use the feet that he, that he gave you to go to a certain place. 
Use your hands to work like the men did on Wednesday night. So how do we get out of the comfort zone? How do we get out of it? Well, I just want to say very simply, it's your responsibility. As much as everyone can sing around you, nobody can sing for you. Point number one today, just quickly, and really my points are just, you know, which are the best points of all. They're just founded upon Scripture. So point number one, how do we break out of uh, the comfort zone. Point number one today is generosity. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9, it says, He who has a generous eye will be blessed, or he, um, or he who gives of his bread to the poor. And so I believe it's about number one, because with uh, the rich man, he saw Lazarus, he had an eye, he saw Lazarus, but he did nothing about it. But somebody with a generous eye will see a need and meet it. They don't walk around saying, seeing a need and saying, oh, there's a need. I hope someone meets that. Perhaps God is giving you an eye to see a need so that you can meet it. Generosity is not just about an offering which we're going to receive soon, but it's about a perspective. That's what I want to say today. If you're taking notes, generosity is not just about an offering. It's about having a perspective in life. Point number two today, stir yourself up. You see, no one can do that for you. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up. Another version says to fan into a flame. When you want to fan something into a flame, you're focused and you're, you're blowing on that little ember to convert it into a flame which then converts into a fire and when you've got a fire in your heart it doesn't matter who you're touching you are setting someone else on fire you know if I had a candle that was lit and there were 10 others who also had a candle whose was not lit I could light every single candle up and I would never lose in the end. Just because I light up someone else with the flame and with the gift that God's put in me, I never lose out. All I do is end up setting others on fire to go and light others up. I want to ask you something. Is your candle lit? Do you have a candle? Yes. Is it lit? Well, that's a question for your reflection. Point number three today. Be a living sacrifice. Be a living sacrifice. Use this body that God has given you for kingdom instrument purposes. Use your hands for the work of God. Use your feet to take the gospel to someone. Use your eyes to look for ways to be generous to have that perspective in life. Use your mouth to edify and to build up one another. In Romans chapter 12, the, these are the words of the Apostle Paul. And he said, 
We're talking about eyes, having a perspective on life. He said, with eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers and my sisters, as an act of intelligent worship, to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Do, uh, don't let the world around you Hey, listen, let me paraphrase this a little bit more. Don't let the world around you or don't let your history or the negativity in your life squeeze you into its own mold. But let God, wow, I don't know, it's just, it's just choking me up a little here. But let God remold your minds from within. Notice how it says from within. So that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all of its demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Don't let the world around you, don't let your history, I've got good news for you. You don't have to let your history dictate your today or your destiny. Don't let it squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold your minds from within. You know, somebody might be here. I'm just hearing the Holy Spirit say this to me right now. Um, so I'm going to say it. Um, somebody might, somebody here might be thinking, well, you know, you might be saying of yourself, what, me living in the comfort zone? This word is not for me. I don't live in the comfort zone. I'm in the fast lane. You know what I'm saying? I'm always working like, you know, surely the proverb of consider the ant you sluggard will never be spoken over my life because I'm always on the go. But can I just say, as I feel led by the Holy Spirit to do so, that sometimes that can also be your comfort zone. Because as long as you're running hard and going from place to place and feeling like you've got to live a, uh, some kind of uh, penance or some kind of, pi for you it might represent piety or some level of spirituality, as long as you've got to go from one place to the next, 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 if that's how you're living, then you never have to face the reality of your own mind or heart before God. As long as you're running hard, you never have to be responsible before God. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're so busy, you're masking what God is wanting to actually do in your life by running and thinking you've got to do more, you've got to do more. You know, I've got a book in my, um, in my office that, and, and it's, entitled, uh, it's entitled, Don't Just Do Something, Sit There. Don't just do something, sit there. I think sometimes that uh, we're like with God, when God begins to call us, because, you know, God's always calling us to advance and to ascend the mountain of the Lord. And as I said recently, it's far easier to descend and to go down than it is to go up, right? But we know if God's calling us to come up, then God's also empowered us to do so because all things are possible with God. But I think sometimes when it comes to the human comfort zone, uh, we're a little bit afraid to get out of it because it becomes like a bit of an, an identity thing. But what I hear the Holy Spirit saying is this, and this is great news. 
I hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't be afraid to come out of the comfort zone. Don't be afraid to get out of the fast lane that's masking your own pain. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't be afraid to come out of the comfort zone because the moment you respond and say yes and step out of the comfort zone, you're going to step into God's grace zone. And that's exactly what you need. So there are my three points today. Um, I'll just get uh, Phil and Trudy. We're just going to receive our offerings today. Mo most people know exactly, you know, what we're doing. And for those with uh, guest slips, if you could place that in the offering containers. We're going to receive our offering uh, right now, just whilst I, I continue to, uh, to share. So thank you so much for your giving. Thank you, Trudy. Thank you, Phil. And so I thank you, Lord God, for your anointing to set captives free. No longer the same, forever changed in Jesus' name. And if you agree, say amen. Let me lead you in a prayer. Pray this prayer after me. It's a, it's a prayer of salvation. Let's pray together. Dear Father in heaven, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Have mercy on me. And help me to be all you've created me to be. I thank you that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit is all over me and in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ah, I hope you feel as good as I do. That just felt good. I could just feel God doing things in your life today. I really could. So I understand that God has done something really great. Um, yeah, so God's doing a good thing. Uh, I'm just really feeling personally, and perhaps you are as well. I'm just feeling like an old suit of armor. If you could imagine a, a cast iron soldier's uh, suit of armor that is quite heavy and even quite burdensome and kind of rusted out and dented. I, I'm just feeling different pieces of that armor of the old falling off me. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling it more and more. The day that I realized that we were stepping into something totally new, I, I said to God, I said, God, I said, I'm so excited that we got the green light, but I still feel a little bit of, you know, weight, a little bit of, you know, of the old. And God says, just wait, because you've stepped into a new season. Just wait. And as time has gone on, uh, I'm just feeling like things falling off me. Parts of the breastplate, the old breastplate, past of the, uh, part of the old boot, you know what I mean? It's worn out. It's an old season, and I'm seeing it being left behind. But guess what? What's being revealed, and this is how the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, what's being revealed as these cast iron, rusted, dented pieces fall off me is like a lightweight, graphite, molded suit of armor, specifically and uniquely tailored just for me. And this is what's being revealed. It's not all off yet. A lot of it is, and more's coming off. But that word that I've got for me is not just for me. It's also a word that I have for you. God is wanting to take off the old. You've worn it for way too long. The way that you see yourself, 
the way that you see God, the way that you see your purpose, it's fallen off you. Just keep walking. All you've got to do is just keep walking towards God. And as you just keep moving, it's going to fall off you. As long as you stand still, you know, it's going to remain. But as you walk, it's uh, that armor, it's going to say, bye. Thanks for everything. But I can't go where you're going right now. Because the season that we served is now not going to serve you in the season that you're entering. But it's been great. Thanks for the memories. You understand what I'm saying? So I just really believe that's also for you. I really believe it with all my heart. I believe it as much for me, uh, for you as I do for me. I believe it with all my heart. And uh, so I just want to say, God bless you. I love you so much. Um, we've got uh, Fayida preaching in the 12.30 p.m. service. That's going to be like more fire right there. And, uh, and so we've got uh, Adrian and Susan making the coffee. Who'd like a coffee? I saw that hand. Uh, right. So, uh, Marty, what do you want? You go and place your order. And uh, so God bless you all so much. We're going to close now. Have a great day. Say hi to someone. Remember, be that one blessing to someone. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.